Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Author's Journey. I'm your host, Moni Dujeji. You know, one of the great privileges of hosting this show is not only getting to meet authors with incredible stories, but authors who are also using their books and their message to somehow create change in the world, to, in their own way, make it a better place for all of us and for all of our children. My guest today is just one such individual. I'm so delighted to have on the show today, Lindsay Barr. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Good to see you again. Now, Lindsay, um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your story. So my story. So I am uh, the mother of two children, yeah. uh, age 7 and age 10. And uh, when I had my children, I realized that I wanted to go a different direction with my past career. I had been in the government previous to that. Okay. Um, and I knew that I just wanted to be with the kids, and mm -hmm. I knew that community was really important to me. That kind of, I'd always known that, but having children made that more important. Okay, so were you, um, were you someone who was always involved in writing as a child, for example? Were you always uh, creating? Were you always involved in community when you were a child? Definitely, yes, yeah. yeah. So as a child, and even up to as a teenager, I did want to be an author. Interesting. Um, and then I went to business school. Very instead responsible. Instead of English, yes, hmm. because that was the responsible thing to do. So there wasn't much creative writing done in business school, really. Mm -hmm. um, and I still, after business school, had a vision of being the starving artist and moving to Toronto. I grew up in Waterloo yeah. and I, with a couple of friends, one who was going to be a photographer and, and uh, another one who we were all going to get an apartment. And then life just went a different way. <laughs> I, did, I did a co-op term um, in Ottawa for, but I did it for, the book publishing industry development program oh, how interesting. in the federal government so that I was still following my love of books. I, I thought the publishers were just superstars and celebrities I loved, you know, every day that I was there. Um, and then that's when I met my future husband. Yes. So I went back to school, finished at Laurier, and then moved up here. Mm -hmm. I kind of skipped the whole starving artist in Toronto part. Hmm. Well, you know, one of the, the things that I enjoyed about your story, because, you know, we, we've met before and, and we've spoken, is that you remember the day, even when you were a child, when you actually not only wrote, but published and bound your own book. In fact, yes. I have a copy of that book that I want to <laughs> the show. The only copy. The only, yes. this is, <laughs> uh, is very rare, very <laughs> special, limited edition of this story that you wrote yourself yes. and that you bound. If we can see that here, yourself. Yeah. So tell me how this came about. How old were you when you wrote this, your first book, so and published I, your own first book? I think it was grade six. Grade and it six. Was a, it was a program. It was kind of an enrichment program, and there were maybe about 10 or 12 of us selected. Yeah. And I remember going up to the mezzanine in the library, and we'd get to go once or twice a week, and we'd work on it. Uh, and we had to do the artwork ourselves. And I think you noticed it's typed on a typewriter. Let's I don't see. remember I'm if open I this typed up. it. Yeah. I think the invitation to oh my act, goodness yeah. yep so I don't I don't think for I those of us who remember out. typewriters yeah. and actually typing on the typewriter so that's I, what it is I think what happened is I probably hand wrote it and then the teacher reading it typed it up for us gave us back the paper and we had yes. to illustrate it um, and then we got to read it uh, at Cafe Bonchois at a very important night and the mayor was there so wow the fact that this that's like my my most clear memory probably from all my elementary school <laughs> 
experience. Yeah, and then when we had our meeting and I brought that <laughs> up, I was like, I can find it for you. It's right in a drawer. I know exactly where it is. So obviously this was an important piece to my story. Of your story. It's funny yeah. because when you ask somebody, can you, do you remember, you know, when you were a child and, but for you, as you say, you knew exactly where that, where that book was and you brought it right out. I did. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, obviously you're, you say that life happened and that you didn't follow your dream of, you know, becoming the starving artist, right. but you were still somehow involved with books and the book publishing yes. world and the world of creation, obviously. And I know that that inspired you in some way to continue writing because when you had your kids, you mentioned to me, um, you felt that there was a need for community. Can you tell me about that and what started this whole process of you even thinking about your first book? Yeah, yeah. So I knew in my heart the type of community I wanted to raise my kids in. Um, and it was, you know, you know all your neighbors, the kids can go door to door, knocking, you know, looking to see if there's friends to play with. When they go to the park, there's a crew that they know, um, all ages, you know, it goes back to, I remember playing out till the streetlights came on, right? And you'd sit and you'd wait for the moms to open the door and say, okay, it's really time to come in. And we always waited till the third time they actually called us, right? And then we'd go in. So it was that feeling. Um, and then I realized that it wasn't just there. That wasn't exactly how the world was mm. anymore. I don't know, just wasn't there. So I thought, well, if I want that, I have to build it. Um, so I started, organizing things, organizing even little things like uh, we, we would do park crawls. Um, so we park would crawl? park crawls. So yeah. Park so, crawl. so I would, I guess I should say I started by gathering email addresses. I would, you know, if you want to get on my email list for the neighborhood, you know, and, and people would, I got up to like 170 emails in my neighborhood. Just by going to the parks and being with other yeah. parents and just, wow. And just asking, just saying like, I've started this. Do you want to be on my email list? Yeah. Um, and so then I would email out like, here's the schedule for the park crawl. We're going to start at this park at this time. We're going to play for about an hour and then we'll move to this park. <laughs> and then sometimes families on the way would say, okay, come in here for a bathroom stop and popsicles, you know, and we just, we moved through the neighborhood. Um, so I just kept trying out things that I wanted to try that I thought would be a good idea. Yeah. yeah. And so what did that do in terms of helping you focus on what you saw was a need? What need did you see in doing all of this? Right, so I did see that there was a disconnect, that people didn't know each other, that, you know, and I, and I found I did a lot of reading that kept following a path, and it was community building, and it was even, even neighborhood design, and it was, you know, out where people drive into their garages and go in their house and then come out and drive to work and they never see their neighbors, and because they don't know their neighbors, their kids can't even walk to the end of the street right. by themselves because... You know, so, so I did a lot of reading about, you just have to get out there. You have to make use of your public spaces and you have to say hello when you're out walking. Hmm, what a concept. I know, I know, but it's kind of, it's kind of not the way anymore. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know that uh, the simple act of smiling at someone um, and just uh, saying good morning and hello right. is a bit of a lost art. And I understand a little bit, you know, that, you know, we the fear sometimes that people yeah. have of reaching out to people, but um, I understand. I understand what you're saying, that this is something that helps build community. Right. This is how we get to know our neighbors and you know who we are and who they are as well. Yeah, and yeah. it feels good when you're walking down the street and someone says, hello, Lindsay, like they know your name, you know, so I always try to make a point of 
doing that for other people because I like yeah. it. And, and you're right, that is how you build community. Yeah. Now, the, the first book that you ended up writing was called Plant a Garden of Kindness. Yes. And I know that, that there's a, a whole story around this as well. Yes. First of all, what inspired you to write um, this book, To Plant a Garden of Kindness? So I noticed that I was, and I mean, I won't take all the credit, our community was getting friendlier. Okay. Is, is the easiest way to put it. And okay. people would do kind things. We would do kind things for others, and others would do kind things for us. Um, for example, I remember uh, one of our neighbors, we were going on a drive somewhere, and they put together like a little care package for the kids, like entertainment for the car ride. It was a small thing, but I was like, that's a really, so that's one of my acts in my book, right? I was like, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. So I just kind of took all these things that I'd seen happening. It's kind of, once you open the box to do this, it just, it multiplies, right? So. And I thought, you know, I'm reading all the terrible things about other communities that don't have this and don't have the connection and, and maybe a guidebook would be, would be good. And then the idea just kind of came to me fully. It was like 75, let's do 75. <laughs> so I sat down and I wrote 75 acts of kindness that kids can do. Mm -hmm. Really easy things. And, and I say uh, nearly all of them have been done by us in our community or by others for us in our community. That's wonderful. Yeah. And then I sent it around to uh, a kind of, um, group of, of women, of moms in the neighborhood, kind of my review group, and, and it was my friend Ellen who said, you know what, this should be a journal. Like, every act should have its own page. Right. Like, That's it. Done. Yeah. So it was a group effort. That's sure. great. Well, one of the things that strikes me um, with this book is as soon as I looked at it, it's like, oh, this reminds me of this book. Exactly. It reminds me of that same kind of binding, the same kind of look and feel of what you first did when you were in grade six also has that kind of feeling here. So did you do everything yourself for this first yes. run of the book? Yes. Is that right? So when the book started, okay. I didn't I just said, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, I was working for a, a company, a great company called Arts Express at the time, who I'm still f friendly with, but I'm doing this, so someone else has taken over that. Uh, but because of Arts Express, I, I had a sharp, like a professional size printer that, that had been, they're a company in Toronto, and they'd given me the printer up here to use. Um, so I said, can I print my book and pay you for the pages you know, that I use? And of course, the executive director, Danelle who is so supportive, said yes. So I was like, okay, I've got the printer. That's so much cheaper than going to Staples, for example, yeah. right? I can print yeah. it in my own basement. So now I need to bind it. So I went on Kijiji. And as the universe works, <laughs> that day, a $50 binding machine was up for sale. <laughs> and so I, you know, I need to buy that. So I went and oh, I meant to look this up. I can't remember the exact name, but it was something like the Canada Council for Social Humanities or okay. something. And they were to do the, the serendipitous thing was they, you know, support writers. So I went and I bought their binding machine. And on top of that, they gave me the box of all their leftover bindings. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the executive director bought my book. So I think I got out ahead of ahead. the $50 <laughs> I spent on the binding machine. So then I had to look up on the internet how to use this binding machine. And I had a paper cutter. So the way my amazing designer and friend Sarah made yes. this, I had to cut every page. So it was printed double-sided on legal size yes and I would have to cut it down the middle wow and then to bind it you could only do like 10 at a time and you'd have to hole punch it and then bind it so it was a labor of love for the first and I think I'm estimating about the first 350 copies were done in this format wow I love your resourcefulness yes <laughs> I love how resourceful you are and just this, this can-do attitude that says that you know I have I, there's something I want to do I'm going to go ahead and do it because a lot of times you know despite all of the great resources that authors have at their disposal today it can be overwhelming to try and figure out how, how this online you know platform works or how how to use create space kdp or even how to work with a with a printer so i love 
the fact that you were just able to take and say, I'm going to just go figure exactly. this out. And you know, the, the finished product is actually still good. It's, it's, a, it's, good. A, yeah. it's a good product. Yeah. And I know that what you did from this is you learned from this experience because obviously you moved the next step was to trying to make it a little bit more kind of professional, if yes. you want to call it that. And right. stronger, because I do yes. have to admit that, that you know, when the kids <laughs> get to doing opening it a yeah. hundred times, I know it rips a little bit. So. Yeah. We moved up. Yeah, spiral binding. Yeah, a yeah. little bit, uh, slightly more different paper, slightly heavier stock. Yeah. yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And who does this for you? Who does this for you? Ottawa Letter Shop. Okay. Does that. So. so it's local as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, like local. And so you're saying that you're, you and your kids have done all of the things, all of the acts of kindness yes. that are in this book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And do the kids go along with it? Are they happy to do these kinds of acts of kindness? Definitely, yeah. The kids love it. Yeah. They all love it. Um, there's 75. The goal is you pick 52 and you do one a week for a year. That's kind okay, of the program. Okay, yeah. all right. So one a week for a year isn't, you know, too much for families. Yeah. Um, and there's there's 75, but some might not speak to you, right? So you might not right. like that one. That might be uncomfortable for you. So there's a selection. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, my kids love it. Um, I find my 10-year-old boy is maybe, he's into other things a little bit, you know, but my 7-year-old is, like, all on this right. still. Yeah, okay. and, and all the kids. So I also do after-school care, and I regularly have a crew of seven kids, and I take them, their parents, they're all my friends, and they're lovely, and I take them to a whole bunch of fun things, you know, to yeah. try out and do. And, and, and one thing I noticed, so even a son, not my son, my son's friend, it's little things like um, we were at school and a kind of a construction worker was doing something and he was moving his stuff and he dropped a glove. And, and this boy like ran, ran to get it, picked it up <laughs> like, excuse me, you dropped your glove. You know, like it's just, if you train them young enough yeah. to be engaged and to look for ways to help, yeah. then they do. It works, right? right. Like, and you're creating, you're raising a culture and a society that is grounded in kindness, that is grind, grounded in compassion, which is the kind of society that we're all wishing to live in anyways. Now, I do have to take a quick break. Um, please stay tuned, everyone, and we will come back to continue our conversation with Lindsay Barr on The Author's Journey. everyone and welcome to the author's journey where I'm continuing my conversation with community activist and author Lindsay Barr and Lindsay we we left speaking about your latest book which is uh, 75 uh, your first book 75 acts uh, of kindness and planting a garden of kindness and I know that from there it evolved the the whole journey with that evolved can you tell me what happened after you created this book mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so the book was kind of the the first idea um, for community building and then I kept thinking well we could try this and we could try this so what it's grown into is world changing kids um, so uh, an organization that's dedicated to character education leadership development and community building through okay. active kindness um, and we teach children how to change the world so one of the founding philosophies of world changing kids is that you we can explain situations to our kids a lot more than 
we do or that society might tell us we should. Um, so real life situations, so mm. homelessness, racism, war, you know, refugees, right. our kids can handle these topics um, at, at a level that they need. You of don't want to go over the top. You don't want to show them 24 hour news images that are terrifying, but you give them the basics and then you give them an action they can take to make it better. Mm -hmm. So an act of kindness or an action, right? It's, it's kind of, it's, it's social activism and everything with kindness underneath. Right. It's kind of the way to do it, yeah. So I kept hearing about all these different, you know, situations and, and wanted, instead of my children to become anxious and apathetic about how terrible the world is, I wanted to make them feel empowered and passionate and engaged. Yeah, um, so. I love that actually, I love that. Because I, I do agree that as parents, especially with young ones, we wanna shelter our kids. We don't want them to see disturbing images on TV. We don't wanna expose them to the, you know, I don't wanna call it harsh realities, right. but those those parts in the world that we think, okay, they're too young right. and we don't wanna traumatize them, right. as you said, and we don't want them to feel unsafe. We do want them to continue feeling safe in the world and curious in the world and in their own way empowered to somehow be in the world in a positive way. Yes. So I, I really I applaud you for that because it is important to have these conversations with our kids. And so then tell me how you then moved from that concept of yes, wanting to do that into an action item or into a, into a program that they can uh, go with. Right, so I would actually say the best example of that is the calendar. Which calendar? Oh, uh, this one here, yes, yes of yeah. course, yes. So, so tell me about this calendar. Right, so, so like everything I do, I just kind of have an idea and I'm like, we should try this, we should do it. So the calendar has 52 important dates listed in it, has mm -hmm. all the other important dates in, in the calendar year, but yes. the blue ones are highlighted as you know important dates. Yes. And these include social justice dates, environmental dates, religious celebration. Yes. And then for each date, the calendar owner gets a conversation starter emailed to them. And the okay. conversation starter talks about what the date is, who celebrates it, why it's important, and gives actions you can take to honor the date. So again, I had the idea. I didn't really have it fully formed. I put it out, you know, out there, did an Indiegogo campaign for... Right, because I think this began, how I heard about this is that this began as an Indiegogo campaign to try and raise money yes. so that you could print the calendars, yes. right? Yeah. So that yeah. started so that So I did that, so I, I raised enough money to do the print run for the calendar, and then I kind of said, okay, let's start with these conversation starters. I don't really know what they're going to look like, but let's right. do it. You're so, a classic entrepreneur in yeah. that in that sense, and yeah. he's like, oh, what a great idea. I think let's I'll just, just jump it. right in and see what happens. Yes, yeah. and I'm lucky that I have a lot of supporters who are willing to, you know, be <laughs> the first, you know, the first adopter. And, and help me format it. But I've now done 13 conversation starters. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, World Water Day, Social Justice Day. Oh, World Happiness Day, which was just a couple of days yeah. ago. Yep. Yeah, we did that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm really enjoying doing the research and, and talking about what kids can do at different ages. So it includes things like watch this video to learn more, okay. or you know, you can make a card if it's a religious celebration, this is what you would say to celebrate. So for your neighbor who, uh, we did um, Vietnamese New Year, you know, mm. this is if you have a neighbor, this is what you could write on the card to them. Lovely. So it just, I know parents don't have the time to do this research, because it actually does take me quite a, quite yeah. a long time. Um, so it's just, it's kind of a cheat sheet. And it's supposed to be, you know, you can sit down with your kids over dinner and, and talk about this day. Well, what response have you had to, to this cheat sheet idea yeah. of uh, how to engage kids and how to engage parents, actually, in acts of kindness? Yeah, really, I've had really great feedback, which I'm always flattered when someone actually takes the time to email, you know, that, yeah. they, that they're enjoying it. Um, so one woman did say she'd never thought about 
discussing social justice with her children, yeah. probably because no one had done it with her, but of course you can, right? And the kids, like, they take to it because children are born believing that life should be fair, right? right. Like, we right. took our children out to do um, a homeless outreach mission, you yes. know, and right away, kids know that people shouldn't be sleeping on the street. Like, this is wrong, and they want to help. And it's only, the way I'm looking at it now is it's, we've been taught our whole lives on this issue, for example, for homelessness, to ignore mm -hmm. the homeless, to believe that they're addicts and, you know, yeah. or there's mental health issues that are way above what we can help with, so don't do anything, right? Right, right. But if you started with kids and you told them it is our responsibility to help, like, what could they do when they're the leaders, right? Like, what lens would they be looking at the issue through differently to actually help? Right, because that then translates into policies and into right. laws and into actions that will impact all of society. Mm -hmm. So let me let me take it to a personal level. So what do you say to one of your children, say to your seven-year-old, when you walk down the street and you do see someone who is homeless or someone who is asking you for money? What would you say to them at that moment? Right, so I would talk about, you know, never judging that this person is in this situation. It could happen to anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, and that in itself, I'll tell you, is a huge thing. Just to say, you know, we can't judge because we don't know the whole right. story. Right. right. Yeah, and to start with that, you know, before they form any biases, you just say, nope, we can't. Um, and we say, you know, it's our responsibility to help. Um, so we took it to a bit of a higher level with these two homeless mission, homeless outreach missions we've done um, with the Rwandan okay. Center. And then Bridget Lord from the Bannock bus uh, helped us out with our first one. So we delivered warm clothing and food. And did the kids come along with you on oh, those yeah. roads? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the very first day when we had, we kind of had Bridget, so she's a homeless um, activist. Okay. And we had her to, to kind of guide us with what is the proper way to do this? What is the respectful way to do this? That's you know, right. she knows the community in the market. And so she took us and she just said, you know, we would go to see a homeless person. We'd get down, you know, make eye contact and say, we're handing out warm clothes. Is there anything you need? Right? So you put it to them. So then, honestly, the children were fighting to, like, have the turn to, like, be able to say that to the next person, right? Wow. And then they would all pull out, oh, you want a coat? Oh, I think we have coats. And it was, <laughs> it was a little bit overwhelming, actually, I'm sure, because we had, wow. like, ten children. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm, that, that's actually very heartwarming to see because I do agree with you. I think kids, given the opportunity and given the context, yes. given the proper context and understanding that, you know, you can approach, they are, they are human beings, they are individuals just like you right. are. And and when you set the context for them and you allow them to do that, I, I so agree that it's going to create adults that have that compassion and that have that empathy. Right. Good and for you. Congratulations. Yeah, that's giving fantastic. them a safe environment yes. to practice kindness, yeah. right? To yeah. to and then my other my other kind of founding philosophy is that you never know which area is going to spark an interest in a child, yeah. right? You introduce homelessness to a child, is that going to become their life's work, right? You introduce right. Um, uh, indigenous, justice. yeah, indigenous. social justice, yep, indigenous, yeah, issues and reconciliation, right? Like, and the kids will do all of it. Like, they're not, they're not against any of it, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know, I can imagine that um, this can be such a, a fulfilling and enriching um, activity and project. Yes. Um, what has been the most satisfying part for you in all of this? Seeing the the change in the children, and mm -hmm. and especially when it's not even my own children, I'm 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 more touched when I see, you know, the children that I'm taking around with me yeah. blossom into these. So, for example, we were at the launch of Kindness Week this year in February, and this is our third time going, and I've brought a crew of kids every time out there. And just to see this year, four girls lined up. They went right to the front, sat yeah. on the floor to watch. Like they're in front of the mayor and the deputy mayor and MPPs. Wow. Like 
they're they don't care right like they they know that they are welcome in this space that this is and i think that's going to be hugely impactful when they're older too to know that they deserve a spot at the table right like of course they do and i love that especially for young girls yes yeah yeah and that was the thing to see and to see that some of these girls had been quite shy previously right mm -hmm. but i've taken them to enough crazy you know <laughs> let's go here we're gonna go to the women's march together we're gonna even take them to the retirement home to visit with our elders like at first the girls who tend to be more mm -hmm. a little bit shy reserved you know they stood back but by the 10th time they're running in right and and just the confidence that 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 builds. I, I think that's that's wonderful. You know, yeah. I think what you're doing is uh, is something to be applauded. And you know, I think it's it's great that you keep coming up with these creative yes. ideas and these creative ways to be building a resilient society. Because in the yes. end of the day, we are building societies that are resilient because they are founded on compassion and generosity and looking after one another. Yes. You know, would you believe we're coming down to about two minutes oh um, in our show? Okay. Um, I want to ask you a question around success. Okay, and what what does success look like to you? Because you know, as an author, as you know, in addition to an activist, it's easy to be measuring success with numbers and and more traditional ways. But right. I want to hear from you what it looks like for you. How do you know you've been successful? Right, I, I can feel successful taking it down to a very basic level. Where yeah. you know, I remember there was a time we were we were um, skating at the rink, and there was a little boy who there, he was there with another birthday party so another mom was in charge but he needed help and he called me he was oh. like Lindsay Lindsay can you come you know tie my skates <laughs> I, like, I would be honored you know that you knew my name that you felt comfortable talking to me so that's you know at those little things every day make me feel successful mm -hmm. yes I think that's great yeah. that's great more than just the numbers right yes. more than just the numbers like the numbers too though. the numbers are good <laughs> I can't get there too but yeah the individual basic yeah. level just to see the kids yeah and I don't I don't want to leave without mentioning that you created um, a special edition of your kindness book for Chio yes so how did that come about yeah so I went into Chio with a number of Valentine cards that had been made by children and then found out you can't give Valentine cards because of germ right, contagion. So, right, but, right, but right. that turned into a meeting where we came up with a book, 75 Acts of Kindness, some of them specific to Chio, okay. and then we split the proceeds with Chio. So I just wanted to be able to give back. I love that. And you know, I, there's, I have so many more questions for you, but I'm afraid our time has come to an end this time around. I want to thank you so much for um, taking the time to come in today for all the things that you are doing to build the, the kind of world uh, for our children and for all of us to, to live in, because obviously it's with children that all of these changes yes. begin with. So the website and your information is up, uh, is up on the screen Perfect. for those who want to reach you. Thanks again thank for you. coming onto the show. And thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Journey, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now.